Welcome to the Sober Podcast, part of the Soberverse created by the team at Sober Network. Sober Network is engaged in revolutionizing the treatment industry by creating its own token economy. We offer fresh ideas to an industry that has relied on dated interventions. We are responsive to a new generation of substance users who are attached to their phones so we can impact massive social change. Our unmatched technology displays solutions of our various brands, demonstrating a thorough understanding of how we get things done. We're proving that technology, along with incentivized human accountability, produces measurable positive outcomes. Visit us at SoberNetwork.com. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another uh, episode of the Sober Podcast, part of the Soberverse. Uh, brought to you by the Sober Network. Uh, we have special show today uh, with two guests. Yes, I get to be beat up on both sides by uh, J.R. Weaver and um, Carl Fresenden. Um, both of you guys have uh, podcasts of your own, but um, I'm going to let you guys explain who you do and what you do. Welcome, everybody. Um, I hope you're doing well. Uh, J.R., we started talking, so let's start with you. How are you doing? What are you doing? Why are you here? I'm grateful to be here. Hi, I'm JR, everybody. Um, I'm the author of The Addiction Manifesto, uh, creator of uh, Recovery Revolution, and I am a person in long-term sobriety. My sobriety date's 11-10-17, but I also like to think of my recovery date as uh, January 2nd, 2018. That's the day I finally took recovery serious. I'm an Army veteran and employee at the, the VA uh, hospital here in Charleston, South Carolina. I'm also a senior mentor for Veterans Treatment Court, a certified peer support specialist in South Carolina, a writer for Recovery Today magazine, and a great guy. <laughs> Go team. Well, that's wonderful. Uh, JR, thank you very much. Truly appreciate it. And clearly, um, you've been down this road before. I'm really looking forward to the rest of the evening. And speaking of the rest of the evening, we have somebody that we just happened to pick up in the car. Um, and uh, yeah, so JR, say hello to everybody. What's up? Oh, no, Carl. Really? I'm sorry. Yep, that, that that would be me. That's all right, Howie. Uh, my name is Carl. Uh, I am the creator and the host of the Drunken Worm podcast, also the co-producer and co-host of the Recovery Revolution Live uh, show and podcast. I am a person in long-term recovery. I am a substance abuse counselor, also a clinical supervisor in California for a rehab facility in Vallejo, the uh, House of Acts. And I'm really happy to be on the show today, man. Yeah, well, I'm particularly pleased, Carl. Thank you very much. We will certainly be talking again offline um, about your work in California. Um, and uh, I'm, I spend quite a I've been spending more and more time there seeing that COVID is waning. Uh, for two mm -hmm. years, I lived in a clam. And let's just say that, you know, uh, things have changed there. But um, that's great. Oh, yeah. You know, I didn't do an adequate in, uh, introduction. Howie Marlin, I'm a licensed therapist, uh, addictions specialist. I'm a recovery coach, professional. I'm a certified interventionist. And I'm married to a wonderful woman of uh, 34 years who gave me two great kids. I've got a couple of uh, dachshunds and Life is good. Now, life is good. Let's just say that there was a time I wasn't able to say too much. But um, so really, thank you very much, Carl. Uh, so, guys, um, now you you have your own podcasts. 
Um, do you like to differentiate yourselves one way or another? Um, or let me say, what makes your podcast stand out? Uh, JR, we'll run with you first. Um, what makes our Recovery Revolution live podcast stand out um, is it's my my amazing uh, the guys I got the guys and the, and the, and the girl that I have on the show they they're amazing people I I I created the Recovery Revolution Facebook page back in December of 2018 and I did it I was about a year sober and I wanted to do something to give something back. So I started the page and over the last four years, it's grown to about 254,000 followers. And to get over that next hump, I was like, what are we missing? What can we do? And I was thinking, oh, podcasts, we could add a podcast show to our page. So that's when I reached out first, reached out to Brett from uh, Recovery Survey. He was our original one. And then Carl happened to be one of our guests. And I'm like, we got to get this guy on the show, too. And we have one, we have a female on, on the show, Ashley Grimes. Let me give a shout out to her. Um, those mm-hmm. three are, are amazing. They, they work well together. We, we try to get all kinds of guests on the show to talk about, you know, recovery, addiction, and what they're doing. So it's been, it's been a wonderful journey to, to, to watch it grow and from my point of view. Yeah, it is. Uh, well, it, it, I certainly hope it's been a wonderful journey. It, you're, the end results are fantastic in preparation for today's podcast. I looked at that podcast with, um, uh, with uh, why can't I remember her name? Bipolar um, Barbie? Yeah. What did she call herself? Bipolar Barbie. <laughs> yeah, she's from Australia. She's, uh, she was great. She, uh, her topic was mental health. Right. Bi- bi- bipolar Barbie. And she was um, truly wonderfully articulate. And I'm glad you had her mm-hmm. on the show. Um, that's that's great. So, Carl, how, um, how did you how did how did you end up in I, I how did you end up in the podcast business? You happen to be just talking to Jr. What's the story? Uh, no. So I, I started the Drunken Worm podcast uh, almost seven months ago, and I was sitting on my couch middle of COVID. And I was thinking to myself, man, I really could be doing something better than, you know, just going to work because the grind of going in and out of the treatment center and, you know, my caseload and everything else, as you can imagine, Howie, you know, it it gets to you for a while. And I wanted to reach a larger audience. I wanted to reach that platform that would allow me to go outside of my comfort zone and place myself on a platform where I can reach people around the world. And so my podcast has been able to do that. We have a worldwide viewership and uh, listeners all the way from India and Asia, Europe, and uh, of course, uh, North America. We have our largest uh, listener base. And, you know, it's just grown. The idea for the drunken worm was I wanted to get something catchy, something unique. And so I thought of the worm at the bottom of the tequila bottle. And I said, if that worm is at the bottom, it's got to be drunk. So why not call the podcast the Drunken Worm Podcast? It, it certainly works for me. And uh, I'll tell you that um, I think um, the, the, certainly uh, Ashley and you guys, um, Barbie and others have realized there's there's something there's something here to doing these podcasts. Mm-hmm. There's many of them. I'll grant you that. 
but there's many of us. And with as many different flavors as human beings as there are, there are, and we're seeing more and more flavors of podcasts, something for everyone. Exactly. What I really like about what I heard with you guys, you're inclusive. You're, you're, You're not talking to one specific group. Now, it may have just been where my heart took me as I was listening to you guys, but you know, I'm I'm older, I'm in my 60s. You guys are younger. You're I don't know, 15, 18 years old, you're something like that. And um we talk to different markets. Clearly, when I, you know, I'm telling you right now, if I got a problem with my phone, I'm calling I'm calling my millennial daughter to fix mm-hmm. it. Yeah. The, the, the thing is, we can reach out to these groups independently, to you know the ones we specialize in, or the ones we gravitate to, or the ones that we are most like. I said before we got air, on air, or maybe I didn't, maybe it was to someone else, about trying to market ourselves to birds of a feather is one philosophy mm-hmm. so that people of our ilk will bond. But then on the other, there's... Don't you don't want to preach to the choir? You want to preach outside the fence. So there's that other side. Jr., which side do you are do you tend to go for? In or out? Um, I'm more of a addiction guy, but I love how we don't just focus on you know drugs and alcohol. I love how we have a mental health aspect, and I'm trying to push to get other speakers on other topics like you know gambling eating sex addictions i mean there there's so many addictions out there that i mean like you said there's not just one podcast that covers everything so we're trying to mm-hmm. you know trying to find our way trying to find you know our our, our market section and just uh, to keep expanding i mean because we have a good message i mean people people enjoy it you could tell our 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 uh hosts they enjoy talking to each other a lot of people stay for the after show where these guys just caught up. So. <laughs> which which we will record. I forgot to tell you when I when I wrap this up and we end, I'm going to keep recording. So we will get the uh, the after show for all the funnies. Um, Carl, Excellent. Uh, how about you? Are you uh, behind the fence, in front of the fence, screaming from on top of the fence? What are you doing? You know, I, I really it just kind of varies. Uh, our show is is inclusive. And what what my vision for the show was, because of my clinical background, I wanted to highlight a clinical side as well as the recovery and addiction side to people's stories. So a lot of my episodes, we just did an episode with Dr. Yusuf Emanawi, and we talked about the stigma of addiction and how addiction is viewed around the world. Uh, he is originally from Egypt and has been blessed to work in different areas of the world, including South Africa and uh, over in Europe, opening addiction centers. And so we were really able to talk about how is it viewed through culture and how is it viewed throughout the world? Because if you look at the cultural competency of addiction counselors and addiction professionals and mental health professionals, it's one of the things that we really have to work on this day and age, because we have so many different cultures coming in and out of our treatment centers. And we have to be able to understand a cultural difference versus maybe a denial difference. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I certainly, I, 
I'm going, wow, you're, you're right. And there's so many layers to that. By the way, I attended one of uh, the Dr. Emanawi's seminars. Oh, really? Yeah. And, um, and we had a nice, nice conversation afterwards for quite a while. Um, mm-hmm. So it's interesting you bring him up of all people. So yeah. shout Jeez. out to the doc. Um, very he, cool. he was my, he was my uh, clinical supervisor when I was doing my internship coming into uh, the field. Wow. Wow. Where, where did you do your internship? Uh, here in California. Okay. Very cool. Oh, I can't wait to talk to you mm-hmm. offline. We got a yeah. lot to talk about. So that, that's wonderful. So, um, so guys, as far as the, um, let's see. Um, I'm reading questions that I've been asked to, to ask. And um, so, well, what, what, uh, let me ask you guys, how did you guys meet? Uh, well, I, I met JR through being a guest on the Recovery Revolution live show. That's and right. and he, he well, Brett, the other co-host, uh, sent me a text and said, hey, man, JR wants you to do a show for his Recovery Revolution. And JR and I talked and, and we were talking about maybe having me do my own show, but I felt like we jived so well. And everything on the podcast that I was the guest on that I told him, I said, look, man, you know, we have a really good groove going and we only did one episode. We should just keep the band the way it is. And then down the road, you know, maybe I can branch off and do another live show with guests. But, you know, why not place myself in a show that's already established? Nice. That that makes total sense. And it's it's great. Mm -hmm. You know. Well, clearly, the one thing that we found out in the podcast world is um, the synergy works incredibly well. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, getting other folks from different efforts, whether they're on television or radio or podcasting, and getting their viewership to know that you are there, and then for them to be able to hook on and identify with you is wonderful. Um, So, uh, JR, how many listeners do you have? How long have you been doing this? And um, yeah, tell me more about that. Um, I think we started in October or November doing Facebook Live. That's how we opened up. Oh, right, right. And right, we right. recently reached out and started doing uh, streaming both to uh, to YouTube Live as uh, last three or four weeks. Oh wow! But we've had uh, we've had some great guests. We've had you know uh, New York Times bestselling author Anna David on there, um, Real Recovery Film Festival Le- Leonard Lee Bruchel, and. We've had some great guests, but um, our our viewership goes up and down. Um, we've had as high as twenty thousand views. Sure, cool. And so we're we're preaching a good message. You know, I mean, we're getting people subscribing to our YouTube channel, which is it really isn't. Uh, mm-hmm. How old is our YouTube? Our our YouTube is probably, I would say, maybe either just over a month old or just under a month old. Our YouTube hasn't been on that long. We have almost five, 500 subscribers right now, and it just keeps going up every day. Uh, I'm quite uh, – in other words, you just launched on YouTube, and mm-hmm. uh, clearly, you know, you've got a, a, a wonderfully uh, active, solid following, and um, that'll certainly help. Um, so what did uh, – JR, what did you do before podcasting? What, what do you do when you're not Superman? 
<laughs> I work at, uh, I'm a sterile processing tech at the VA clinic. It's where I got sober at, actually. I went to treatment there. I stayed in the, uh, the, the homeless housing there. And when I was sobering up and, and they were like doing, when I, when I was doing the work therapy, I was like, well, they were, they were trying to help me find a job on the outside. And I was like, you know what? I kind of like it here. I'm, I think I'm going to get a job here. So my therapist looked at me like I was crazy because I have a lot of felonies. I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I think I'm a three-time felon. Okay. So, and, but, you know, God works in mysterious ways and I got hired on a federal employee. So that's my full-time gig. And this recovery thing, I do it out, out, out of the love out of my heart for others. I mean, I want people to find their, their way back. You know, and I, and I realized I had this great platform with all these followers, but all we were, we weren't reaching in, enough, in, in my opinion. So that's where the podcast came in. And it's been it's been amazing. This The whole podcast thing is new to me. Well, it's wonderful that you're doing this. And it's actually wonderful that you just spoke about the fact that you've got priors, but yet you're able to work. Right. With those that's what I think. Uh, a lot of people coming into recovery, they kind of limit their own growth. They they say, "Oh no, I can't do this or that because yep. of my past." And I'm, right. I'm like, "Well, look at me. Look what I'm doing." You know, Hallelujah! And uh, and I am so thrilled that you brought that up. There's one gentleman in particular who will listen to this podcast, who I'm working with right now, who had that question. And um, you know, my hats, my, my my tip of the hat to you, brother. Um, what branch did you serve? I was a, I'm an army veteran. I served from 87 to 95. Okay. Crap. I was part of the Berlin brigade when the wall came down. <clears throat> Do you have a piece? I had pieces, but, uh, they all <laughs> vanished over the, over time. Yeah. I, I had a piece. It was part of my office at a different company. I don't know what happened to it. Well, that's insanely <laughs> cool. Your story is really wonderful, and I can see where your motivation comes from. I don't know the folks we've never met. I don't know these guys from Adam, but it certainly feels to me, Jr., that you've really you've earned your stripes, brother. You've earned your Thank stripes you, in a number of ways, and clearly you're paying it forward, which is the position I've taken, guys. I do everything paying it forward because I can't believe how lucky I am to be alive. Exactly. I mean, yes, I should have been fucking dead. Yeah. Dude, one of, I was selling quaaludes. You don't live and sell yeah. quaaludes. And for one of my people, uh, one of my coworkers asked me one time. He goes, "Why are you so happy all the time?" I'm like, "Dude, I shouldn't be here. I know that. <laughs> I was given yeah. a second chance at life, and I'm going to maximize on it." Isn't it something how you've got this flame, this wonderful, wonderfully warm flame that we I can see it in you, in your persona. You know, your your eyes, you don't have bitchy, you know, <laughs> going to fucking kill you eyes, you know, and your demeanor. I mean, that's wonderful. Of course, you may be making this up and, you know, you're, you're stealing from people every day and we just don't know it. Anyway, so much for you. <laughs> so, Carl, how did you get into mental health? You poor bastard. I can't believe you oh. fell down the trough like I did. What? what, what oh, happened? man. So I, I was going through rehab. Uh, I. I was in an addiction for 17 years, and at the end of my addiction, I, I went into the hospital with congested heart failure, and my doctor told me that 
uh, I either need to take myself or he's going to call up the ambulance for me to come and take me to the hospital. And of course, I'm an addict. And so I said, oh, don't worry, I'll be able to take myself there. And he said, no stops. So of course, I had to make a stop. And I, I loaded my, my pipe up one last time. And I, I smoked that bowl one last time. And then I told myself, I said, this is the answer and the prayer that I've been looking for. This is my way out of my addiction. Because Howie, before that, I had been sitting in my car at work and I had been asking God, who I didn't have a relationship with, how do I stop using? My using at that point, I was so tired of it. I was so tired of, of all this chaos and all the decisions. Now, unlike JR, I've never been arrested. I've never been to jail. I've never been convicted of anything. So I don't know if that's just because I'm a master criminal or I had somebody looking out for me. Um, we'll let JR answer that one later. Oh. But, you know, uh, going through rehab, I, I had a counselor at, at Kaiser Permanente. Her name is Bernice Cooper. She's a LMFT. Uh, she does fabulous work out here in the Northern California area for people of color, uh, the black community. I mean, just wonderful things and also females that are struggling with addiction and codependency. And she suggested, she said, you know, I think you would be really good at being a, a counselor. And I told her, I said, that's funny because my mother, who's an um, LMFT, also said the same thing. But I had always struggled with school. And 17 years of an addiction really takes you and separates you from wanting to go back and do something with your life. Because I was content. I, I summed my life up as this is who I'm going to be. I'm going to work a dead-end job and I'm not going to have anything. So for her to say that, and I was so willing at that time to take suggestions and to do what needed to be done, I told her, okay, I'll think about it. A week later, I came back and I told her I enrolled in college. And she said, what? I just told you to go and look. I said, I know, but I'm an addict. So I started with 14 uh, semestral units at Woodland Community College. And I started three months um, while I was still going through rehab. And I completed my certificate program in two and a half years. And, uh, you know, there's some, so a few things that I'm still waiting to have happen. I, I got COVID and I missed my um, IC and RC testing. So, uh, and so now I'm going through the hassle with uh, California Consortium of Addiction Programs and Professionals to get a new testing date where I don't have to pay for the testing. Um, but you know what? The problems I have today, I'll take those problems any day over the problems that I had four and a half years ago, sitting in that hospital bed, thinking that my life was over. Amen. Amen is right. Man, you talk about the chaos of addiction. Um, well, that's going to bring us up to uh, halftime here, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, thank you, Carl. Thank you, JR. Hang on in there. Um, we're going to take a break for a little uh, commercial break, and we'll be right back. The Sober Podcast is now part of the Soberverse. It's another innovative solution developed by the Sober Network. The Sober Podcast is giving voice to recovery. Find info on this and all the other parts of the Soberverse at Soberverse.com, SoberNetwork.com, Sober.com, SoberSystems.com, SoberPodcast.com, SoberCoin.com, and RecoveryCoaches.com. Dot com.
And we're back. Well, thank you all very much uh, for your patience. And I hope um, I hope that you're, you're uh, into this discussion here. Today we have uh, J.R. Weaver and Carl Fresenden, who have um, a couple of interesting podcasts, uh, the Drunken Worm podcast. And um, J.R., remind me the, the name of the other podcast that you guys do? Recovery Revolution Live. Say that again. Recovery Revolution Live, 8 p.m. Thursdays. Recovery Eastern. Revolution Live, 8 p.m. on Thursdays. They'll be in the show notes as well. And uh, I certainly appreciate that. So, kids, let me ask you this. Um, Jerry, what was the most difficult question or the most difficult or challenging person that you've had to interview so far? Carl, that question is on you next. Okay. Is it on Carl or me? Ah, you. It's all you, baby. It's on you. It's on you, buddy. <laughs> well, I'm more of the uh, the creator. I let the uh, the podcast gurus handle their business. They kicked me off the show a few episodes back. They said that my 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 uh, my Dashin was was playing with his toy in the background. So, <laughs> but I mean, we've had great guests. I mean, I don't think uh, we've really had anyone that really struggled. I mean, most of our shows go over an hour. Some have gone close to two hours. Have you ever had anybody who was so deadpan you couldn't pull a question out of them? No, they've all been great. I think, uh, I mean, I I haven't noticed any uh, hard guests. Carl? I, I haven't you? noticed. No, you know, it's it's funny you ask that because coming into the podcast game and 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 doing these gigs with guests and everything, you know, I was expecting to have maybe difficult times where I would have a guest on and it would it was almost like you're afraid of having that dead air. You know, I worked at a radio station and, and that was my job was to make sure that there was no dead air. Uh, so, you know, I kind of attack the podcast when I'm when I have guests on my show and also with the Recovery Revolution Live is where, you know, if we're having a difficult time, maybe uh, starting a topic or uh, people do not seem talkative, you know, I'm going to jump in and I'm going to start a conversation. I might share a little bit about myself to get the conversation going, but then I'm going to flip it onto the guest and say, hey, what do, what is it like for you? You know, when we talk about using motivational interviewing with people and we talk about drawing questions out of somebody and going deeper with them, like we do with our clients, we have to sometimes approach our industry in the same manner when it comes to guests, because not all guests are comfortable being on a show, you know? I, I just thought of somewhat, somebody. We had this one guest from the Drunken Warren podcast that, that on, on the show and wouldn't let our, our uh, host speak. <laughs> he took over the show. <laughs> yeah, it's I, I I took over hosting my own episode, but that was okay. Hey, don't worry, my therapist worked me through that one, and just because I was answering my own questions, he said it wasn't a big deal. <laughs> that, that that's very cool. Um, let's see. Um, oh wow, really? You somebody wrote down to any political uproar on any of the podcasts that you host? Uh, not oh. for mine. Yeah, I, I try to yeah. stay away from politics. Yeah. You stay away from that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For, for, for those you know, listening, you know, one of the, it's funny as, as um, show hosts, 
uh, attempt to keep the content moving with an upbeat uh, pace. And, you know, as others are talking, we're thinking the direction we want to take this. With the things that have happened to us over the last, you know, five years or so, it's virtually impossible not to step on one of these landmines by accident. But we don't want to step on any of these landmines because that aspect of our lives, although critical and incredibly valuable and incredibly important, will play to a degree a role in how we live our lives, of course. But we focus on the resulting impact of that. Now, if we're talking recovery and we're talking about a theory or a process or a particular facility or an ideation that is healthy and encourages growth and it goes in a direction, of course, I'll listen, even if I don't agree. I mean, there's a lot of colors on that color palette and I'm not going to discount you because I don't like that color. But um, it's been a fast. It's been a fascinating challenge, uh, particularly for those of us that have a private practice. For example, mm-hmm. you would never in a million years want to bring up politics. You, right. it, it takes so much to develop a rapport, build trust. Oh my God, building trust. It's a. It's the number one most paramount thing. Mm-hmm. And God forbid you step on a stone that somebody doesn't agree with. Woo. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm going to tell you early on when it came to the vaccine issue, there there were things that happened. Lots of popcorn activity in my neck of the woods. And Mm -hmm. um, let's just say that it's the the challenge is ever changing the landscape of our environment. We're dealing with the external impact of uh, the most severe uh, disease in, in our lifetime. We're coming to terms with that. We're coming to terms with other things while the rest of the world appears wants to go into a nuclear war. Gee, can you imagine any more stress? I know, right? Yeah. I mean, guys, the kids that were working with the high school and college kids, either beginning or ending, they lost their freshman and senior years, you know, Mm -hmm. this last year or so. And then they graduate from that and they go right into World War whatever. I mean, this this shit just started. We pray to God that it's not going to go anywhere, but the truth is we do stay away from politics, I think is the thing I'm trying to say. And so yes. uh, thank you very much for the person who asked that question. Um, let's see. Oh, okay, JR, let's just go for you. And then, you know, Carl, I'll bounce this off you again. What's the most difficult topic? Yeah, I've ever had to cover. Um, the hmm. most difficult topic? I didn't catch the end of that question. Yeah, the most difficult topic you ever had to cover. Writing um, is just, you know, I'm kind of dealing with something in my personal life with a, uh, a soon soon to be relative that he's he's struggling with alcohol, and it's one of those hard talks. It's you know it's an ugly talk, but you know we don't we want to support him to a limit to where you know he just he finds his way back. And, it's, and that's that's been kind of one of the most difficult things for me recently. Wow. So this is from a personal level. Right. This is personal. This is. Oh, brother, uh, I, I meant on the show. <laughs> oh, oh. But oh. thank you for sharing. I mean, that's a big deal. That's heavy. And, um, you know, I wish you all the power in the world. And, you know, may, may, may peace be with you as that process develops. 
But um, yeah, any real touchy, weird thing on a show, which you had to backpedal out of or something? There was one touchy area recently, which I don't know if I should even talk about. Don't reference it, it specifically. Yeah. Um, yeah uh, somebody had experienced a, uh, one of their friends had, had committed suicide a few years back and the day came up and I mean, I mean, you want to be there for her. And, you know, he's like, uh, you want to take the day off? Well, you want me to fill in for you, but she she stepped up to the plate and she really handled it well. And I, I think at the end of it, she even mentioned that she really needed that show that night. Um, yeah, Carl, hold on a second. <clears throat> Those of us who sit in the chair as a host, we have no idea <clears throat> what's around the corner. And somebody may suddenly volunteer the most painful um, example of what their addiction put them through. And <clears throat> it can knock the wind out of us. I, I had a gentleman who uh, produced a movie about his addiction. Guys, he's out there with an eight millimeter fucking camera on the streets, showing them copping, showing them shooting up, showing them going and doing. I mean, I'm in tears. I'm looking at this guy, I'm watching him. And I'm thinking, oh man, so much of that is the shit that I did. And I had a hard time rallying. I had a very hard time rallying because I had left that world behind, guys, 45 years ago. Mm. 45 years ago. And it brought me to tears as I'm listening to this guy. But held it together because it was so long ago. How about you, Carl? Any stick at wicket, sticky wicket you had to weave out of? You know, uh, Howie, that's a great question. I I really challenge uh, my guests to talk about things that are hard for them. I've had guests open up about um, seeing friends commit suicide in front of them. Uh, we've even had a whole episode uh, with Lilia Olms. Uh, we did a whole episode on sex and recovery. And, you know, the topic of sex is often a very tricky topic to to dance around and she works at Duffy's Napa Valley Rehab in Calistoga and she is uh does a whole sex class with them and and facilitates groups weekly with people going through treatment there so that we can address the the issue of sex and what does sex mean for people and and you know how can we work around that so that we don't get triggered to go back and use if it's maybe a triggering moment for us. And so I, I, you know, working in the field has also prepped me for dealing with topics like this. You know, you and I both know when we have a client sitting in front of us and they're pouring their heart out and they're telling us things that they've never told anybody else. And it's like almost like a moment where you get your ass kicked in the seat that you're sitting in and you're thinking to yourself, holy shit, is this really happening right now? But you have to maintain composure. You have to keep your face. You can't act surprised. You know, you can you can give them the ability to let that out and know that they're in a safe place. And so when I have guests on the show, I try to approach my show in the same manner as if we're sitting two people in a coffee shop, nobody else around, and I want them to feel comfortable to open up. 
Oh, brother, did you did you hit the nail on the head when people divulge these most heart wrenching? Um, that mm-hmm. uh, uh, they 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 make these confessionals, and normally it's as they're leaving, it's like it's yeah. thirty seconds left in the session. Oh, by the way, yeah. did I tell you I just got off of the uh, um the challenger? Uh, I'm I'm sorry, I'm I'm like blocking everything now. <laughs> yeah, guys, the, the, it's truly a difficult thing for us to remain composed when somebody shares something which is truly shocking. But the interesting yeah. thing is everything has a therapeutic benefit to it. Being on the podcast is incredibly therapeutic to the folks that mm-hmm. I've interviewed who've been able to share as I listen to you guys, sharing their experience, getting it out there for the public, being vulnerable, but then being able to stand tall on their accomplishments. And mm-hmm. here's where all of us earn our stripes by giving them wow. the, the power, the authority to be proud of who they are for what they've accomplished. Mm-hmm. This can be five minutes of sobriety and you take it from there. Yes. You know, people turn to me and say, oh yeah, you know, they tell me, you know, take it, take it one day at a time. I go, anybody who tells you to take it one time ain't never been drunk and trying to get off it. Every five minutes at a time, every three minutes at a time, every one minute, every 30 seconds, 30 seconds. Oh, dude. Oh, moving on from that. So here we are. We're on the other side. And the beautiful part about that is inspiring people to change. I don't know if you ever thought of this consciously, but the stages of change are interesting in that the pre-contemplation stage is where everybody that's never lifted a finger to actually get things going are. Mm-hmm. I like to think that in the podcasting interview, we're transitioning them from pre-contemplation to contemplation. Cause now we got you thinking. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> and isn't that our job yes. to get them thinking? Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. So Those, um, go ahead, Carl. The the stages of change are, are so uh, universal that they can, you know, transcend different lines, not only through addiction, but they can also be applied to people that struggle with other mental health issues. And the stages of change are able to allow them the ability to look at themselves and address the fact that maybe they do have a problem with something. It doesn't necessarily have to be an addiction, but it could be a problem with you know, something else in their life, or maybe a denial factor that, you know, hey, my doctor told me I have diabetes, but I feel fine. I don't have a problem, right? So we have to use those stages of change so much, well, especially in addiction treatment, but, you know, you just hit it right on the head with those. And I'm really glad you brought that point up. I appreciate that. Well, uh, you're very welcome. And the other thing, because, you know, we're getting down to the end of our allotted time. The the other thing which is really mm-hmm. plaguing all of us is, as you said just a minute ago, process addictions are the most uh, overlooked, uh, crisis, critical uh, element of many people's lives. I mean, we're talking about these are things, process addictions, including the ones that we need to, you know, you need food to eat, you need food to live, yet we can get addicted to food. We need clothes and stuff to live on 
the, the world as it exists today, but do we need to fill our rooms to the ceiling with it, like hoarding? And then, you know, procreation and sex, of course, uh, the Lord above gave us good feelings to have it so that we'd want to do it. But then it gets carried away to the point where we're ended, ending up, you know, in jail, in hospital and, you know, ruining lives. And oh, guys, how about addiction to, oh, I don't know, money and power? Mm. Fuck oh, me. Yeah. Really? Look at what's gone on. I mean, we politics for the entire time any of us have been around. We understand, you know, the, the nature and the mechanics of politics. But when we see power and the addiction to it override sensibility, override mm-hmm. common sense, override logic, override science, override faith in humanity. I'm sorry, but it's got my attention. And we're going to a place now where we're not supposed to go. So on that note, <laughs> I think I'm, I'm very safely saying I've really, really enjoyed having you guys on the show. Um Let's start with uh, Carl. Any shout outs? You, you already said a few. You, anybody else you want to pat in the back while we're here? Uh, you, you, absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I want to thank, um, you know, just all the people that listen to my podcast, the Drunken Worm podcast. And if you guys are struggling with addiction or mental health issues, or maybe you're a professional that wants to gain more insight on the industry, uh, this is definitely a podcast for you. This is a podcast that is going to, surf those lines and allow you to come into the clinical world and allow you to also see and hear what other people are talking about in the addiction uh, world as well. So you can catch our show. Uh, We download our episodes or upload them, however you want to look at it, every Tuesday. And uh, we are located on all of your major podcast download apps, including Apple Podcasts and uh, it's just been a wonderful uh, pleasure to be on your show, Howie. Hey, thank you very much. Um, and um, I'm sure uh, JR can't say the same. He can't wait to get off. J- JR, of course, I'm joking. Anybody you want to give shout outs to, brother? I'd love to, man. Thank you for the opportunity. I'd like to uh, give a shout out to my whole Recovery Revolution team uh, Carl, Brett, Ashley, Jeff, Carrie, Christine, Heather, Chris. Chrissy and Tiffany, they they are the ones that make our page special. That I've, I mean, most of them have been handpicked by me personally. So pat on my back for finding the talent, because you know without them I'd just be one crazy guy ranting about recovery and addiction on my page all day. Well, um, I want to thank. Let's see, Carrie Donahue, uh, Carrie uh, Donahue, Carrie Donahue, um, Carrie. Uh, and and Carrie Donahue. Um, uh, did I leave anybody out? Yeah. Oh, I would also like to thank Carrie Donahue uh, for the efforts that she puts into producing the show. And I'm going to give a little spoiler alert. I don't know if I'm allowed to do this, but you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to do it anyways. I will be a guest host coming up next month on your podcast. So, in fact, I think my show is actually going to be airing next week. <laughs> awesome Uh, i'm thrilled carl you and i will talk offline and you'll understand how much i'm really really into that i love the cross-pollination and i think it's incredibly valuable particularly from my neck of the woods uh uh, before we part company i want to give jerry was there anything else you want i mean jr was there anything else you wanted to share before we say goodnight to our group um 
the Silververse. I'm looking forward to watching it grow. We're yes. both on it already, so. <laughs> yeah, well, there's a lot coming down the pike. Uh, we haven't officially launched the products and all that yet, so I'm not at liberty to say, but I'm sure that in the next uh, few weeks, everyone will be really, you know, it, it's a good thing, guys. Uh, the growth of the sober world. We're seeing sober fraternities, sober parties. We're seeing sober schools, sober high schools, sober classes at college. You know, a lot has changed since I was a kid. I was a hippie kid in the 60s and 70s. And as the years have gone by, I do believe that a great many of our of our uh, world has grown smart. They've realized that if, uh, you know, Icarus fell from the sky because he got too close and you don't want to you know fly too close to the sun in any way so uh on that note i'm going to tell uh tell you guys th again thank you so very much and um i really do appreciate the fact that you guys took the time to be with us tonight and on top of uh, on on uh speaking on behalf of the soberverse um howie marlin with the sober podcast and hope to see you again soon till next time see ya Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Sober Podcast. We hope it's been as good for you as it was for us. Please share our show with all of your friends, family, and acquaintances, and future encounters so we can grow and make our mission a larger reality. We have a growing social media presence on all platforms, so find us and like us, especially on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We're listed in all major podcast directories like Spotify, Google, Apple, and the rest of them. Thank you all who make this show happen. Howie, our host, Carrie, our producer, and our sponsor, The Sober Network.